Hey friends, you found Moms Meet World, the podcast that strives to help build home and families. Sometimes we're pretty silly and sometimes we're serious, but that is always our intention. Um, so welcome to our new listeners and to our, our, our loyal fans. Uh, today I have my sister Betsy again today, and our topic is how can you help children that are in conflict with one another? So we're going to talk about how we do that maybe with younger children, older children, and we're going to get to talk about twins. I'm so excited about that. I even, I think I might even want to start with that. I'm just so excited about that particular topic. Betsy has twins. Betsy has five children, obviously two twins. Um, and I have eight children, so let's get started. Uh, Betsy, can we start with your twins? That's just so intriguing to me. Absolutely. So occasionally I'm guessing the kids were in conflict, but I'm remembering that you told me not long ago (laughs) this morning about when the kids were in conflict with you, how they would handle that. Like if you said, Hey, what happened here? Who did this? Why don't you talk about that for a little bit? Well, it was, it was, it was a little bit of a challenge. It's kind of funny, but the girls would have stories that they could, they would tell and they would just completely back one another up, whether or not it was completely accurate. I don't even know that they thought they were not telling the complete truth. I think that because they had each other, they really believed whatever it was they were saying. So you'd say, you know, how did this thing get broken? And one twin would look and she'd go, I said, Megan, it was, you know, on the floor where you were and the pieces are like right by your feet. Could, could you have broken it? And Megan would go, no, I actually didn't, didn't, didn't break it. No, no, no break. And Rebecca would say, no, mom, she didn't. I was right here. She didn't break it. And I think, well, no one else is in the house and I didn't break it. But I start to question myself. Did, did I, what? Okay. You know, or (laughs) the other thing was they, they were so protective of each other. This is just one funny little thing, but when, um, they were little and we were at the beach, I think they so identified with one another that they actually felt each other's pain. And, and so one, one twin said to the other twin, it was actually, Megan was the older one. She was 33 minutes older. So she was protective of Rebecca and she would be like, Rebecca, please don't go in the ocean. Please don't go in the ocean. And Rebecca, it's okay, Megan. It's okay for me to go, right, mom? It's okay. Megan, it's okay for her to go in the ocean. No, mom, please don't let her go in the ocean. And then we're like right down by the ocean, you know, just sitting very calmly on the sand. She's like, please, mom, please, mom, Megan, please don't go in the ocean. I'll give you something nice if you don't go in the ocean. And I'm like, it's okay, Megan. It's okay. She goes, be the mom, be the mom. She's telling me to be the mom. I'm like, don't let her be near the ocean. But it's because she's so completely identified with her twin that it was like she herself was going to be injured in some way. Um, And when they would have little tussles over things, one, one twin would say to the other, Megan, take it or Becca, have it, you know? So, but, uh, but also they were both chubby little babies with big, delicious cheeks and hands. And (laughs) we call them the squishy twinsies. Yeah. And it was very tempting for them. So you would not be uncommon for first when they were in the, 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 you know, crib together, they would bite each other's like little cute little cheeks and hands and they do these little welt marks on their bodies. And we're like, Oh no, we can't do this. So we put them in separate, um, cribs because, you know, before that they love to snuggle together as crib. And, um, and that was okay for a little while until they learned how to flip themselves out of the crib. This is like eight months, nine months old. They'd like, they'd climb the crib, flip themselves out, crawl across the floor and climb into the crib next to the, their other twin and continue to do the little biting thing, which was, wow. so then I, at some point we got crib tents and we had to lock them in their cribs. And then when they learned how to get the crib tents open, we had to safety pin the crib tents shut because they wanted so badly to be, get, be together. Wow, <laughs> that is intriguing. <laughs> but they were in it together as friends in utero. So that's yes, what they, they that was their comfort. Le- they yeah. were identical. Yeah. 
that is just absolutely intriguing. Yeah. You know, I've heard that twins can have their own, this is a bit of a segue, but I'm very curious, yeah. can have their own sort of language. Did they have a little bit of their own language? They, they definitely had an unspoken understanding where they didn't, they would just look at each other and they knew exactly what was you know going on and what was going down even before they had language. Yes. Even before they had language and they talked to each other in these little, <laughs> you know, so they, it was like they were having a conversation that was animated, but wow. You know, later as they got older, I didn't hear a separate language, but it was literally like they had the same background. So they, it, they didn't have to express things to each other. They just kind of knew. So, so was, intriguing. Yeah. So you had three singlets before you had your twins. Was there a market difference there? I mean, would you, you could say these, these two were particularly close. I mean, that just, Oh, they say that identical twin girls are the closest twin bond. And I can really? tell you it is so true. Yeah. They were really close. They, when they got into school, they started differentiating in terms of having their own friends. They had mutual friends and they had their own friends. So they did their own thing at school. But, um, in terms of the way they, they hung out together and their, their loyalty to one another is, is high. And it goes on now. Uh, yeah, like it's still there now day. and they're in their twenties. Yeah. They're, yep. They're, they're going to turn 21. So yeah, it's, wow. it's kind of amazing. It's ah, so fun. Yeah. I know these girls, they're absolute delights. Um, and as are all of your children. So, um, this is fun to, no, thank you. So fun to talk about. So let's talk about, so when kids are little and they are not getting along, maybe the twins got along almost all the time, but when the, when any, any, combination of kids are not getting along. What are some thoughts that you have on that? Why don't you share some of yours? Okay. One I'll share came from Emily. She reminded me that another daughter that reminded me of this. And I think it's a good one. Try not to, um, I mean, if they're drawing blood or they're, you know, bullying and you can hear them just saying horrific things, which you're probably not going to hear most kids say, but if that, then otherwise try to let them work out those little squabbles. And one thing Emily didn't say, but I, I think could be said here is, and this is something I'm really firm on. Try really, really hard never to label one child as the troublemaker because then you create this dynamic of sort of villain and good kid, bad kid. And you never want that because that child kids are so quick to want to internalize identity and labels. Mm -hmm. They're trying so hard to figure out who they are for Mm -hmm. years. That's a really big developmental goal. And if we even subtly label them as the other, the one that's giving everybody a hard time, that's so difficult to overcome that once it's been labeled, try not try so hard. Even if you see that, even if when Tom and I were raising kids, even if we saw that sort of negative behavior in one or the other, we would just, you know, not, what is it? Whatever you pay attention to grows. We try to just ignore as much as possible and praise the good, praise the good. And as much as possible, ignore the bad. So one thing we've said to the kids through the years is there never was a black sheep, which I also believe, but there have been seasons where people have been a little more challenging, but there's never been one that's, you know, just that's, that's never, 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 never. And now we have a lot of these young adult children and they are all really good, good friends. And none of them, I think not any of them would say I was the black sheep. None of them would say that about themselves. So that's that's a really important. And it's important. I, you know, Hmm. you parents of multiples, I know you know this, but um, why not? This is a podcast on twins, but just interestingly, yeah, I love you know, it. it's so easy mm. for people outside to label them and people to be like, Oh, you're the smart one or, Oh, you're the pretty one. Terrible thing to say to anybody. Awful. Never do <laughs> yeah. that. Never do that. You know, or East just <clears throat> call them when they were little, people would just call them twin. They wouldn't call them by their name. They would just say, Hey twin, Weird. you know? Uh, so that, oh, that, oh, I know why they do that because they couldn't tell they couldn't the tell difference. them apart. 
Okay. Yeah. I remember not being able yeah. to tell them before. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know. What and, to and things were always like the twins, you know, versus yeah. like you're an yeah. individual. So that's, that's, you have to kind of balance that. Even yeah. dressing them, I would, you know, pick, I would pick different colors, but it wouldn't be like, you're always pink and you're always green, you know, right. it was, smart, you know, just, it alternates, but you know, yeah, but yeah. Did they ever struggle with that? Did they ever say, I, I have a hard time differentiating myself. Like I want to be different than my twin. I, you know, did that ever come up? I'm just curious. I mean, it, it's come up in the way that one twin might say it's hard sometimes because people, because of what people say to them, yeah. you know, they, they want to, and they're, they're kind of protective of each other in that way. Like they'll say, don't say that. That's not true. Or that, yeah. you know, they don't want yeah. that label. They don't yeah. want it for themselves and they don't want it for their twin. Yeah. You know? um, I like that. So they'll, they'll call it like Flynn says, Oh, you're the extrovert twin. They'll say, no, wait, no, no, no. Don't say that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not necessarily. And she's not necessarily, yeah. Yeah. we both have a little of the right. nature. Let, let the twin tell you. Right. Yeah. Let them just be themselves without having it to be evaluated yeah. in light of the other person. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Okay. So back to conflict for a second. We are for a minute. We were talking about, um, helping kids when they're young, when they're in conflict. Mm-hmm. And we, t- we've talked before about the squeaky toy story. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell that or do you want to tell that? You can tell. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we had two kids that were, um, not getting along and one of them had a more, um, probably a more, I'd like to say, you could say dominant, I'll say leadership personality than the other one. And oddly enough, she was the younger one. So that can happen. And the older one was super kind and super sweet, but super sensitive. So the the younger one knew that. And she would sort of, you know, you know how kids are, they're kind of, they're playing with their, yeah, I call it playing with your little box of powers. Everybody on the earth gets a little box of powers, a little bit of tweaking going on. And so that older one would, would cry when being teased or whatever. Finally, I took that older one aside and I said, sweetheart, think about a squeak toy. And maybe I showed her one inside a toy that squeaks. You got to squeeze it. And then it makes that sound. Right. And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, what if we took the squeaker out of this toy? What would happen? She said, well, nothing. There's no squeaker in it. I said, exactly. If you take the squeaker out of you, the game will get old very quickly. And that other child will stop squeaking. This isn't a bad child. Again, no labeling. This is just someone who's having a little fun with their box of powers and, and as noticing they can get a squeak, like it's a toy. You're the toy with the squeak, take out the squeak and they'll stop squeaking. Now, the truth of it is it gets harder before it gets better. So the person's going to try extra hard to squeak. I mean, think about it. If you have a toy that's not working, you're going to try it to squeeze it harder or manipulate it in some way. You're going to shake it because you used to get a sound out of it, right? So you're going to try harder at first, but eventually you're going to drop that toy. It's not as interesting to you and you're going to walk away. And that's what will happen. Now, did you ever try that? You, you've tried that too. Well, you gave me that recommendation. I remember, and I, I, I loved it. I tried it with one of the kids that was giving another kid a hard time and it did, it did definitely, you know, lessen it. You have to tell them what to do. Like in terms of rather than squeaking, what do you do? You know, you know, like you, maybe you, um, just look at the person with like a little, you know, blank expression on your face, or maybe you kind of walk away from the situation or, um, but the other way to think of it. And I think of it when they get a little older is when you, you know, when you're having, when you have an argument, an argument means there's two people involved in it, in a kind of a heated discussion when only one person is kind of expressing their views in a heated way. And the other person is not getting heated and just kind of, yes. you know, either, you know, giving a simple answer or just not getting pulled into that argument. Suddenly the person that's making the argument can hear themselves because oh you know, wow, it's like, because all that time you're just thinking of the next thing that you're going to say to come at that person and it oh, elevates. Oh yes. But if you let it hang in the air, then the person goes, I'm actually kind of being kind of a, a, a numbskull or, you know, I'm pushing I too hard. I love this. Yeah. I think it also, yeah. And when I think what you're saying, the subtext here is that it allows a space for guilt and, and, and yeah. And just the ability to hear what you're doing and whether yes. it's on, on 
you know, yes. you, you, and now it's no longer a fight against the other person. It's almost an argument with yourself. Yes. You know, Oh, that is beautiful. And plus you justify, I think sometimes people justify their actions like, well, you were sharp, so I'm coming back. Right. You know what I mean? If the other person stops being sharp, then you think, well, I, I don't really have a play. I mean that, right. Gosh, it seems like feels, an overreaction. It seems like a total overreaction. Yeah. yeah you're right. And yeah. you see yourself differently yeah. and you don't have a justification for being, you right. know, it can't be because they weren't sharp. So where's my justification? Right. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It really slows it, it all down. It, yeah. It deescalates. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. But that takes self-control, uh, but you know, yeah. over time. Mm-hmm. And then I like the way you pull people aside privately, create some public and, you know, speak to the person privately about something going on, but, um, reinforcing the things that are, are good is another way. Yeah. My kids are funny though. They got savvy. And over time they're like, mom, I know what you're doing. You know, like <laughs> compliment sandwich. I know you want me to do something and then you praise me and then you ask for it and then you yeah. praise me again. Right, they're right, like, just, right. just ask me what you want me to yeah. do. Especially as they get older, it's, yeah. you can just be totally direct. Don't tell me I'm the best vacuumer. Yeah. Please, I don't want to hear it. Do you want me to vacuum? All right. Yeah. It's a, to a 19 year old, you're the best darn little vacuum yeah. ever in the whole history of the world That's of vacuum. Right. Yeah. You can, but, a, but a six year old might eat that right. up. They, they, they fall yeah. for it for a long time. They do. I have yeah. a friend who's now in her fifties and she told me that she still feels like when she, <laughs> this is so silly yeah. when she cleans her restroom, like she's particularly good at that. Well, you know, that's because she was that told that when she was my, my husband was told by his mother that he was the best bathroom cleaner. <laughs> and to this day he cleans the bathrooms and, that's fantastic. I, and he's like, I just do this really well. My mom told me when I was younger. <laughs> I'm really good My at it. My husband's like that about certain things too. <laughs> Going to the store and getting things. He had a little red wagon. He'd take it to the store, get all the things in the little red wagon in this very small town. And, yeah. and he's still, you know, what do you want me to go get? I'll just, you know, put it in that. I said, I wish I had a little red wagon. It's yeah. just so, you know, it Madeline Langle said, whatever age we are, it's so beautiful because we still get to keep all the ages that we've already been. It's one of my favorite quotes. And there is a little 10 year old inside of us. Absolutely. There's a 17 year old inside yeah. of us. There's a 25 year old. Yeah. Whatever it is. And there's That's a four year old. So we want to be tender with all of those ages and and with each other. One thing, Betsy, I like about our birth family that I think we have passed on. I I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, at least I know it's true for the kids that Tom and I raised. Mm -hmm. We might be quick. mm, I don't want to say quick. I hope we're slow to anger. I think we are. I think we're very pretty patient Mm -hmm. and loving, but we might have a conflict arise all of a sudden that we weren't Mm -hmm. expecting, but we also are pretty quick to get out the fire extinguisher Mm -hmm. and forgive and move on. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've heard of, I know some families that they're still mad about something that happened 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Do you know families like this? Sure. Well, you know, I remember talking to one of our um, family members, an older relative, and she was talking about her place in the family. And I think it, this, this, these can linger for years, but she yeah. basically felt like her mom favored one of her sisters <clears throat> and she felt like I'm, you know, she's considered to be the smart one and I'm, you know, not, and she was hurt. And she was, I remember talking to her and thinking, you're almost 80 years old. Wow. You know, and this is crazy that this wow. is still, affecting. It's still going on, but it is, yeah. it, we're, it's easy as parents. Like we were saying, not, we don't want to label and put people in competition with one another, but also I know for myself, it's easy to personalize hurt and think that this person is saying this against me. And rather than maybe this person's having a hard time right now. And they're saying some things because of that. And to take they're myself out of they're it, projecting. Yeah. like to yeah. take myself out of the equation and, and think, Oh, you know, the siblings against me or, you know, my parent prefers that person or, you know, maybe they're just having a bad day. You know, I mean, maybe there is some, some validity to it, but when we, we reinforce it, when we personalize it and hold on to it as a grudge and a hurt, Amen. you know, it's so mature, Betsy, that is so mature to just pull yourself out of the equation. Maybe still sort of like zooming the lens out and thinking what is really actually going on? Are you having a hard time with fill in the blank? Is this going on in your life? Are you feeling a little bit on edge? Are you, maybe you're just, did I do something from before that hurt you? And now you're coming back at me in this way because you're not 
not resolve if something happened with us. Interesting. You know, good point. Which brings us full circle back to, it's important to just extinguish that flame. And part of extinguishing that flame Mm -hmm. is talking about it. Yeah. Like, let's just talk about it. And you brought up earlier the idea of a private conversation. That really is a gift that was given to me by my husband. I didn't know that um, t- a particular thing. And he taught me that and we do it all the time. So we do it so often. In fact, that one of my son-in-laws said to me, <laughs> we have like s- six um, in-law children. And he said, you know, I'm really feeling left out. Everyone seems to get a private conversation, but I never get one. <laughs> so we went and had a private conversation <laughs> over nothing, but it, the private conversation is just can be, it, it's so um, universal in application. Mm-hmm. Like it can be, oh my gosh, I really need to talk to you because I feel like we've had a misunderstanding mm-hmm. or it can be, that is probably not what we need right now. Would you please, would you mind just right now not doing that? Right. It could be anything, but, but it, it doesn't funny. embarrass people. It doesn't embarrass people, but there is that little moment when the person, the parent says, can I have this yes. private conversation? And the child's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the room's like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, it's but, but then they kind of, they leave with a, a moment of right. embarrassment, but they come back. Nobody even notices because there's stuff going on. They've already moved on. Yeah. They've already yeah. moved on. But here's yeah. another thing that's kind of, we're talking about conflict aversion, like how to get conflict. Less. Um, one of the things you used to say to me was the art of underreacting, you Absolutely. know, so not having a big response to things is, is another way to have things kind of diffuse more quickly. And for us, here's a small little tip. We like would plant things like playground sets and trampolines further away from the house, because if they idea. had to work stuff out, yeah. they had to make a decision. Is it worth climbing the hill yeah. to tell mom and dad about it? Brilliant. If we can't work it out, then, you know, then, then it's a real conflict or is this bruise so bad that I need to wail? <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah. (laughs) That really speaks to what Emily said earlier. Didn't as I said, just as much as possible, let them develop those social skills by working it out themselves. Yeah. Unless there's yeah. Super trauma. And then they'll probably come and get you and they'll probably come and get you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think having them in similar activities can be good. We've mm-hmm. had kids on the same teams or in the same class projects. As long as they're not really different in abilities, because then it, it, it engenders competition. Yeah. But, yeah. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. Playing to whatever their strengths are yeah. and just really building them up in their yeah. things that they're good what at. What they're good at. You know, you spoke a little earlier about underreacting and I think our mom was like a queen of that. Yeah. And that, isn't that beautiful? Like yeah. you can have somebody, a little toddler get very explosive and right. animated, but you don't have to meet them at that really intense level. Right. Of course you can just be, I sort of think of like the old British Butler. You can just stay even yeah. and calm. I know this isn't easy. Right. I know listeners, right. it's not easy. It's a, it's a skill like anything else, Yeah, but you can learn that skill. And, well, one thing I think is funny <laughs> is you watch a toddler fall down and you, there's this moment of silence right before they wail, but it's like, you're both looking at each other trying to decide how we're going to respond to this. If you, uh, what I try and do is I wait. So if I don't rush in before they start wailing, if they really start wailing, I, I would come alongside yeah, them. Otherwise totally. I just kind of like, I distract or I, re- yes. you know, I, yes. I, I I point something else out yes, or totally. And they'll yeah. often 90% of the time they'll shift. Yeah. Unless they're super deeply hurt, they'll yeah. shift and be distracted and yeah. they've moved on. Right. So that is brilliant. That's right. a really good tip. Yeah. yeah. They're watching for our reaction yeah. to them. Yeah. Okay. Let's move into, um, then we've got a, we don't have too much longer, but, um, teenagers, older kids, that's a little trickier, right? So yeah. if they're young adults or teenagers, maybe that's not something we can necessarily, I mean, they've got to work that out. Mm-hmm. But I think if we've set the tone mm-hmm. and set the pattern mm-hmm. when they're little, and that includes, and I forgot to mention this, having, I think, a pretty harmonious relationship with our spouse, mm-hmm. not overreacting with our spouse. Mm-hmm. Kids pick up on that pattern, right? right? Whatever it is, negative or positive, and they tend to reflect I've noticed that when there's a lot of conflict at the parental level between yeah. the parents, there's often more conflict 
at the childhood level, yeah. when there's less conflict with the parents, there's the kids mimic that True. in their own brother, sister relationships. I agree with you. And I think also mm-hmm. when the parents are in conflict, the kids know that they can divide and conquer. Amen. So they'll come to you and they'll go to the weaker link. Yes. <laughs> they always test the weaker link. Yes. So for example, I tend to be a little bit more strict about things like, can you go, how late can you stay out? Yes. You know, or, or things going on. And so they'll go to my husband, you know, but he'll say, cause we've tried to really work on this. We'll let mom and I talk about it. Or they'll come to me and they'll say, can, can I do blank? And I'll say, let me dad and I talk about it. They'll go, no, I don't really need you to talk to dad about it. I just need it. Like, it's a, yeah. such a simple question, mom. Right. Can you just tell me right now? Cause right. I really just want to know right now. Right. And I'll say, right. Right. I totally understand. Let me dad talk about it and we'll get back to you. You know, yeah. so smart. Yeah. So that we can, you're in united. Yeah. Front. So it's like, yeah. yeah, they can't pull you apart as much, but if they yeah. see you arguing all the time, they know you're not yeah. backing each other up. So oh, that's such a good point. Know? Yeah. So they think they've got an end. Right. Yeah. So it's, that's a good thing to work on. We need to talk at and do another podcast on marriage sometime. Um, maybe in conclusion, we could talk about how, um, that comfort level of being each other's friends is worth, you know, helping them develop that is worth almost anything. And one of the things I really encourage my kids to do, which probably is a little, um, different is that I'll I'll say, you know, I don't ever want you to feel like you guys can't bond over laughing about your parents, Mm -hmm. especially me. If you want to go into a room and talk about all my foibles and idiosyncrasies, and I am quirky, quirky fun, but I'm quirky, then feel free to do that. And I kind of applaud that because I want them to bond over things. And that's a great thing to bond over. Right. Cause you know, they both love, they all love us. Oh my gosh. They're adorable and they're very complimentary and very loving, but they also know that they're, you know, I mean, we have laughed for years, right? We've had sort of non verbal permission to laugh about dad and And that's gotten us through a lot. Yeah. It takes some of the edge off of your problems with your parents sometimes too, when not in a vindictive way, but you can kind of laugh and go, Oh, mom does that to you too. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Completely all the time. Yes. Yes. And laughter is just that great diffuser. And even in our sister relationship, Joanne, I know we laugh because we can poke fun at each other in a lot. Well, sometimes we do it and it's sensitive and it's like, it's not, it's not working so well. And then you kind of have to regroup. But when you're, you're generally at peace with one another, you, you are like your siblings. So things that you pick up and the thing that bothers you emotionally about a sibling is probably something that's, you have the same thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'll give you an example, but Mary Joanne is super friendly and she, everywhere, everywhere she goes, she talks to people and she's like their best friend. And you know, she's, and, and, and when I'm doing it, I and think listener, you're, you're our best friend. Too. Yeah. You're our best friend. <laughs> when I'm doing this within my sphere of influence, I think how friendly I am and how I love people and people love me <laughs> and I'm just so much fun and I'm so spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm with Joanne I see her doing it. And I'm like, come on. Like, what are you trying to prove? <laughs> like, you don't know everybody. Can we move on? Are we going to, are we going to get to lunch today? You know, do we have to be in this parking lot for half an hour with someone we've just met right, 20 right. minutes ago? To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but then you recognize, Oh my gosh, the reason why it bugs me is because I'm the same way. Yeah. You know, so that is so insightful. I'm really impressed that you brought that up. <laughs> no, I really am. Thank you. You often give me things that I can think about later. And I, cause I, I to be honest with you, there are times in my life, and maybe this is true for you too, dear listener, where you, you don't know why you're annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't know, like that kind of bugs me. I have no idea why. Right. And then that kind of helps explain something. Right. It may be just something that bugs you in yourself. Right. Or in some yeah. way, yeah. some version of that. You, or you, you recognize it in yourself. Or you recognize it. You know? yeah, and something. so you see it in another person and you're like, that's just plain annoying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's not when you're doing it, but it right. is to, I it is kind of complicated. It. It's kind of, yeah. yeah, it could it be. It is funny. It could be. But yeah, but the ability to laugh at yourself is so freeing. Like, because in a situation like that, yeah. afterwards, you and I will just belly laugh about yes. how funny it is yes. to see the other person do the thing that we yes. do. And also laugh about the way our children 
recognize it. Yes. Like here's another example. I'll just another one. Um, this was so bonding with me when, with Joanne's kids, because, you know, you know, when you're an aunt, oftentimes kids love you, but they're not, they don't know you that well. Yeah. And you're not constantly yeah. with them. Yeah. So to have something, what do you have in common? Their parent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. And my kids came and stayed with Joanne. Um, one time at a, it was actually a, a difficult time in our family going on. And Joanne had the girls come out and stay with them and they yeah. could, they loved the love they could, yeah. she could give them the kind of love that they could receive at that time. And yeah. I was, they were, um, reminded of me in a lot of ways, but without the kind of things that were right. Like the current the issues they were struggling or the tension. With. Yeah. It's just fun. It was just fun. And so yeah. they could, they could laugh, but, um, I was with one of Joanne's daughters and, um, I said, do you ever feel like, uh, you know, there's a point that your mom wants to make, but she tells a really long story leading up to it. She goes, Oh my gosh, all the time. Like, I'm just like, mom, just tell me what you want to say. Don't give me the background story. I don't have time. And I do the same I just, thing. I, to my kids. I just want to take a minute to tell a background story about that. I don't care. But no, I think it's great because you guys, you bonded over yeah, that yeah. and it made you laugh together. Yeah. And, you know, we keep coming back to the same word. And I think that maybe is the word we want to end on laughter is maybe the, what did they say? The laughter is the straight line. The closest distance between two people is laughter. Yeah. And so any way that we can find that's healthy, yeah. I'm not encouraging things right. that are Negative danger yeah. or even, you know, I don't know. I'm certainly not encouraging, um, you know, drinking or something that, you know, sure. that people think is going to help it gen like doesn't, <laughs> but, um, but, but laughter just, maybe there is a comedy show that you can watch together. If you're not naturally inclined to laugh or maybe just look for those, uh, uh, those moments where we can be self-deprecating, yeah. maybe not take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then maybe it's that's freeing. the biggest thing. Yeah. Don't take ourselves or other people too seriously. Right. Or even like, as we were talking about conflict, taking the conflict too seriously. Cause Amen. conflict can, you know, if you, if you immortalize it, it's like you raise it up to a level where it, it takes over. Yes. Know? But if you say, you know, it, it exists and we'll yes. talk about it a little bit, but then we'll let it go. Yes. You know, we're going to move on. Amen. You know? And maybe in terms of preventing conflict, maybe we'll end here in just a second, but um, someone once said, there's a line in your mind and you know where it is. You know, the line between peace in your relationships and contention. Mm -hmm. And you also know if you take a second when you've crossed that line. And I think we all know when I mean, we're tempted to cross the line, sometimes right. somebody's really bugging us. Right. We're tempted to cross it. If we actually cross it, we need to get back to the other side as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And that happens through forgiveness. Yes. Right. And for ask for saying, can I have a private conversation? Yeah. Some of those private conversations are me saying, I am so sorry. I think I, I made a misstep here or yeah. in any area or, right. or they say it, I'm right. sorry, but, but getting that fire extinguisher out quickly and getting back over to the other side of the line and any other metaphors you want to come up with. Yeah. <laughs> We've mixed a few. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're mixing metaphors today. No, but that's really true. Yeah. And, and the other thing I just, with that is I think when you, when someone says something to you that hurts your feelings or something's a little bit inflammatory, I love this whole thing that between the something that happens and my response, there's a space. Yes. And in Stephen that, Arkevi. yeah. And in that yes. space, I have the dignity to decide how I'm going to respond. And this, this, that whole principle helps me slow down a little bit. You know, I don't have to respond immediately. I can yeah. think for a minute. Yeah. And, and then usually that, that little period of time gives me the ability to get control of my emotions again, or put it in perspective, or maybe take a breather, Amen. you know, because I think sometimes I'm, it's easy to just react Yes. Um, but to recognize I have dignity and I don't have to just react. Yes. Like the squeak toy, going back to yes. the squeak toy. Yes. You know? As adults, we yeah. can do that as adults. As adults. Yeah. You know? and so people, beautiful. People can push my buttons, but I can still choose how I'm going to respond to that. Yeah. You know? And maybe the, the thing that maybe we have most in common besides laughter is our desire to pray. Like yeah. when it's really hard, yeah. I think both of us go immediately to that place. Yeah. Or 
well, let's not say every single time right. I wouldn't be honest, but as often as possible, I try to remember, Oh wait, I have a, I have like a thing. I have like a, a fortress that I can hide behind. I have a, a safe place to go. And that's yeah. prayer. Yeah. Like before I say that done thing, right. I could actually go have a prayer and, and then I won't say that. done and, thing. And you don't have to like leave the whole situation. You can just internally just take a minute, just in your head, just say, Lord, yeah. help me. Or, you know, please help me not to say it. Yeah. Or please help or me to be kind. Give me peace. Help me to love this yeah. person. You know, or not take offense. Please help yeah. me not to take offense. Yeah. I love that idea that you can, you know, a person can take offense, which means it's offered to you. It's given to you, mm -hmm. but you can take it or not take it. Like, mm -hmm. do you want this appetizer? Mm -hmm. No, I actually don't. I'm not going to take it. Thank you for offering. Yeah. So people are offering offense often. Yeah, lobbing it up for the, right. The, the, but we don't have to take yeah. We don't the have offense. Absolutely. Like you said, don't personalize yeah. it. It's yeah. good. Or I think of like with tennis, it's like they're lobbing it over the net. I, I don't have to hit it back at them. Yes. You know, I can Amen. let that one go. Amen. You know? All right. Okay. Listeners, we're going to, Betsy and I are going to sign off and go laugh somewhere about something. Probably my faults. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll take her aside for private moments for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to go talk privately. All right. We love you listeners. We'll see you next time on Mom's Meat World. <laughs> 